how is that? How is that like Courage the Cowardly Dog? That's the old lady's name, Miriam. Is it for real? Yeah. Oh, well, even more. You don't remember the old man? Miriam. I tried to to block that show from my memory. Because it's so scary. scary. Yeah, it was. I got legitimately scared. There was just one episode that I can remember that was, uh, I don't even know what this thing was. It wasn't death or something, but they had like an old tablet and this like apparition, apparition, however you say that, appeared. Apparition. And it was freaking weird. Dude, I remember one episode. It was weird. I don't remember what happened. I just know that it made me afraid to poop. So I held for like for like five days as a six-year-old. Because I was so scared to the bathroom. I guess something came out of the toilet, uh, you know. And then there was an episode where they went to the surface of the sun. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, I don't... That was... Like, why? That old crotchety man was like walking around, <laughs> complaining about how hot it is. Leathery man. They were in the. They lived in the desert too, in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. So it was the perfect setting for super weird stuff to yeah, happen. Yeah, it was like Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, setting for kids. Dude, some of the ghosts that they had in that show were really creepy looking. Even T- if you look at them today, yeah, they're weird. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bizarre show. That was yeah, really bizarre. Anyway, uh, welcome. Well, hey, guys. Welcome to the Bright Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side. B-Sides, P. BSP. The BSP. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm Stu. And this is the Bright Side Podcast. This is the Bright Side Podcast. We realized this morning that we were doing something kind of funny. If you've listened at all to any of the other recent episodes, uh, we've been like, oh yeah, we're recording episode blah, blah, blah. And what you would have seen on your screen is that that is not episode blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, it is to us. <laughs> we somehow, uh, in the mix and the shuffle of life, uh, lost one of our episodes. Yeah. And w- we've looked, we've looked everywhere <laughs> and we, it, we can't it's find it. Well, I can't find it. It's just gone. Uh, yeah. so here we are officially recording episode nine. And that is correct. So it is. Yes, this will be. This will be. Will it? <laughs> yes, this will be. Yeah, episode, it'll be nine. It'll be nine. I think this will be episode I hope, nine. I hope it will be. For Maybe it'll be eight. And <laughs> but the, the like to me, it's ten. Right. Yeah. This is so. Yeah. We weren't being like totally dumb. Right. We were just off. Just wanted to explain that right quick. <clears throat> we're also switching things up today, aren't we, Stu? Yeah, we are. We're going to switch the, the old format up a little bit. Yeah. To uh, include our just gibber gabberin, whatever you want to call it. Gibber, <laughs> gibber gabberin. Our fat chewing. Our, our fat chewing uh, t- to be first, and then we'll move into the news and then the final word. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. So... As you're rubbing your eyes, as you wake up to this sweet Wednesday morning sunset, sunrise, sunset. Ooh. That was me uh, faking a yawn. Uh, Sorry. That was disturbing, yeah, to say the least. That was, that was weird. I'm here, and I know what you did, because I, I can see you, and I'm still disturbed. Yeah. Well, welcome to the danger zone. Yeah. All right, man. What were you, <laughs> what were you about to say? I was about to ask you, uh, what? What, 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 what? What brought life to your life? Wow. <laughs> That's the worst one. That's the worst one I've ever done. What brought life to your loins? Oh. That could be a good one. 
It could be, but I don't think it should be. What brought, <laughs> what brought some some buzz to your bosom? Some buzz to my bosom. Well, I guess you're asking me. I guess if you want to ask me, that's fine too. Yeah, I do because I'm still a little undecided as to what mine is. That's fine. So and you're kind so of on a, a better roll than I was. This will give me a great what chance. What brought to life to your life? Who even says that? I don't know, but my life to loins was really good. Yeah, that was. I would rather. I prefer life to life, to be honest. <laughs> that makes one of us. Well, to each his own, I guess. To each his own. All right. So for real, you know what? What made your eyelid wiggle? Not twitch, wiggle. What made your dimples show? What made your butt chin even more pronounced than it is? Yeah. And and last but not least, last but well, certainly not least, I mean, come on. What made the the small on your the small of your back just like totally go numb? With <laughs> happiness, uh, so many disturbing <laughs> images. Um, knives, specifically pocket knives. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, dude. So I have been in in the market for a new pocket knife. Mm. Um, I haven't bought a new pocket knife after I got to thinking about this. I think I haven't purchased a new pocket knife in like almost ten years. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 27 this year. Wow. Yeah. Just a, a wee teen. Uh, yeah, just a wee lad. Just a wee lad. I am three three short years uh, away from being three decades old. The dirty 30. The dirty 30. 30 for 30. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, pocket yeah. knives. Um, yeah, man, it's something that especially boys uh can appreciate oh yeah so my dad carried a pocket knife my grandpa carried a pocket knife although the pocket knives that they carried were uh like the more classic type pocket knives yeah yeah the three blade the no exactly what they call those little cadets about. or whatever style knives and um yeah man they always had it and it was always in the times that you didn't really realize that you would need a pocket knife because yeah it's kind of like your wallet you just put it in your pocket you carry it around you need it kind of involuntarily you don't really think about it yeah but then like when, when you, you buy ice cream to go buy something knife because <laughs> you need it Ben does to get ice cream so <laughs> he's he's one of those weird people that hates ice cream i hate ice cream because you apparently get sticky so it. what what uh caused this just because you're looking for a knife and you were thinking wow like i knives are pocket knives are underappreciated or were you using it for something, and you just thought, "Man, I'm so glad I'm using this right now." Yeah, I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, I talked a while back about how I stabbed myself with my knife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it's really dull, and I just need to have Tom sharpen it. Yeah. Um, but the more I got to thinking about it, because I have a knife like my dad and my grandpa, because that's all I really knew was mm-hmm. that style of knife. And um, now, as I've gotten older, and I've realized what I like I have some preferences with certain things right all the way down you know, down to your style what kind of clothes you get what yeah I don't know like literally everything right down to I don't use creamer in my coffee but my mom does so does that mean that 
I'm branching out and becoming my own. <laughs> what are you even <laughs> talking about? I don't know. Um, okay, I'm yeah, I'm totally my, tracking. My, my point is though that I had a knife, and the style of knife that I had primarily because my dad and my grandpa had that. Right? There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But as I as I've gotten older and have used it more and more, I'm like, you know, I really use one blade on this thing. Why do I have three blades? Mm, I don't understand point. what these other two are for. It's a good question. And I would like just one standalone, really solid knife. And so at church, I start talking to Tom down, who's really into knives. And I was like, Tom, let's talk knives. And he was like, this is my jam. His so eyes could have talked yeah, up. all day long. He went yes. and stole Joseph Holler's knife for a sec. He's like, if you're in the, you know, it depends on like what price range, whatever you want to, how much money you want to spend. This is a great one on like the lower end. And Joseph was just like side-eyeing us over there the whole time. Like, okay, what's so going on? I've so got, I've done a lot of yeah. research in like the last three days about all things pocket knives, and it's pretty overwhelming and pretty dumb. How it many, is overwhelming. How many people have an opinion on what the best knife is or whatever? And I'm like, I don't really care. I just want like a good one that I could have for like a long time. Yeah. Have you ever made the mistake of typing into Google about anything best bang for your buck X? Like pocket yeah, knife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's such a dumb... I do it. I do it all the time. Yep, it's one of the dumbest things that I do consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Google's idea of bang for buck and mine are so different that I, <laughs> it's like worlds apart. So yeah. what did? Because I I would love to get a new pocket knife. I have a fine one. Mm-hmm. I just don't really love it mm-hmm. um, because it has a Tonto style blade. Oh yeah, which is not very practical right. for everyday use. Right. You know. And it's really hard to. It's also hard to polish um, with with a strop from Tom. Hey, because of it, it's just such a weird. You know what? Real quick, shout out for Spine and Burr. Yeah, shout out to Tom. If you need your knives polished, sharpened, fixed, if you just need some life brought back to it, or if you don't have a knife and you want to go buy a knife, go to Spine and Burr. Yeah, Tom will hook you up. Tom will hook you up if you want a strop for your knife to, you know, give it a finer edge every now and then. Contact Tom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So what did he say was a good, was like what you're looking for? So, okay. So that's my problem that I tend to want to jump into things and get to like the Rolex <laughs> right off the bat. You yeah. Know? Me, me too. Me too. And I'm not the, I'm not the CEO. <laughs> Sorry. So I probably don't need a Rolex. In other words, are you getting a bench made? So I looked at, I looked into getting a bench made. Yeah. I really did. Cause yeah. I was like, Realistically speaking, if you spend, I would like to spend somewhere around a hundred bucks. Okay, I was going to ask what your budget is, give or take a few, you know, twenty bucks here or there. Sure, um, to get like a really solid knife. And dude, the it's just there are so freaking many out there. Yeah, and one could be like a hundred bucks, and it's crap compared to the next one that's a hundred and five or whatever. So Tom didn't really have a solid answer. <laughs> On because he, he was like, it really depends on how much you want to spend, and that's why he got Joseph's, which was like thirty bucks or something. Um, what was that one? It was a, it was from a knife company called Ontario. And it's called the Rat Two, the Ontario Rat Two. Is either the Rat One or the Rat Two? I'm they're just they're the same but different lengths. Um, and the Rat stands for something I can't remember what it stands for, but it was supposed to be a good knife. But Tom carries a Spider Co. Which is yeah. substantially more. Yeah. And my brother in law is super into knives. And I've always 
hated the look of a Spyderco because aesthetically they are some ugly things. True. But then as I've thought about it more and more, I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about the looks. It's more of a tool. So I want it to be more, you know, I care about more about the function over form in this, sure. at this point. And dude, there's just, there's just so many, I don't know. So you don't, I have no idea. Okay. I was really hoping that we would get like a, and then I saw the best deal. So right now in my mind, I will tell you, I guess, there, I think I've got it narrowed down to two. Oh, nice. Uh, deciding between the Spyderco Manix 2, lightweight. Okay. Or the Spyderco Paramilitary 2, which is far and away their most popular knife. Sounds cool. And are those both around that price range? Uh, Well, so that's where, that's where the real fun begins. <laughs> Then you can get into different steels and different yeah. handle materials. It's just like, uh, can I just, it's like when you go to the grocery store and your wife says, hey, babe, can you just buy some vanilla ice cream? And you're like, yep, no problem. You go to the freaking ice cream section and they've got homemade ice cream. Mm. They've got French vanilla. They've got vanilla bean. They've vanilla got bean. home style. Like, just give me vanilla ice cream. And there's like 18 different brands. Yeah, then you've also. got that. Who are all preaching to you saying why this is the best ice cream ever and how it will change your life. Ice cream propaganda is really annoying. Ice cream propaganda. <laughs> propaganda, uh, marketing propaganda in our country as a whole is really annoying. <laughs> it's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu is like 50 pages long and you just want to eat something good. I think that's been part of my big problem with this whole knife thing. That's that's probably my big problem when I get like on in, into anything. If you're, you, you bought it new car last year right a yeah new subaru or whatever yeah. and you were like asking about jeeps you were asking about subies you were asking about i don't know hondas whatever i was asking about volkswagen tiguans a lot Ooh, yeah yep i remember that mom mobiles <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent. but dude it's like i even was like looking on like buck's website like the mm. classic you know what your grandpa carries yeah and they're totally appealing to that uh nostalgia it's all ads about like, oh, the rancher. This is your and it just goes into li- yeah. the life of a rancher or a farmer or whoever, and it shows like five seconds of the knife. And by the end of the ad, you're like, you know what? I need a buck. I'm a rancher. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, it's the I guess it's the downside of the free market. We'll quote scare quotes around free. Right. Yeah. For but, sure. You know the c- capitalism. Yep. It means that you got to do some research. Yeah, and, and you've got to be, uh, and you've got to put up with all that. You've got to put up with it, and you got to be able to see through it. Right, that's the hard part. It is, it, yeah, and it is yeah. hard because it's there's a temptation there. To oh wanna, yeah, yeah. So I almost identify with whatever brand, you know, like it, it becomes part of your identity. So, oh, my, dude, that's so funny you say that. When I was in middle school, paintball was such a big thing mm-hmm. for. Uh, people in my friend group yeah and i i had saved up some money and like also had birthday coming up mm-hmm. and so i was like i'm gonna get a really nice paintball gun yeah side note i never used it <laughs> <laughs> because like the month after i got it we all just stopped kidding. yeah anyway um real quick before you get into that story yeah i was also really into paintball in, in my youth i don't know if it was just during the the time that we grew up in or whatever, but I also bought like an insanely nice paintball gun. Never used it one time. Yeah, I never, never <laughs> used it. Someone else used it. Really? Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, someone else borrowed it Man. for the weekend. It was so dumb. Um, 
but I, I was doing all this research. I was on forums. Yeah. I was like, I was going deep. Yeah. Okay. Asking people advice, uh-huh. watching YouTube videos. I think YouTube was a thing back then. Yeah. And I remember I settled on a proto SLG. I still remember mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what, and it mm-hmm. was so, Ooh, it was fine. It was like a Ferrari. It was yeah. sleek, beautiful. And, um, I remember thinking though, I lived in this neighborhood called Hamilton Mill. Shout out to anyone that lives in Hamilton Mill in Tequila, Georgia. It's this huge community. I mean, thousands of acres. Mm -hmm. And they have all these different subdivisions. There's probably like 50 subdivisions in this big community. They, I mean, they own an insane amount of land. Yeah, yeah. You have everything from like lower middle class housing all the way up to, you know, Yep. Upper uh, upper echelon. And I remember feeling like what paintball gun that I chose could be like my own subdivision in the neighborhood. Oh, and the okay. other subdivision could be another brand. Yeah. And we're all like teams. Right. And that's really how it feels like yeah. whenever you buy anything. Le- yeah. That's why, that's why Jeep Wrangler owners do that stupid... It's a cheap thing. <laughs> Wave <laughs> with two fingers. And I and I just I hate it so much. <laughs> I also hate Jeep Wranglers. But uh <laughs> that's why the, you do it, you know? Because yeah. it's like when you buy something yeah. in a in a capitalist country, you become part of that team. Yeah. And if you're not on that team or you're in the opposing team, essentially, somebody whips out the other brand of pocket knife. I've got a spider co, you've got a bench made. <laughs> oh there's all <laughs> So all of a sudden, whoa, we got a ride for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time that I take out my pocket knife around Stuart, which for some reason has been often lately, he goes, Oh, what brand is that? <laughs> and I say, It's a Kershaw. And he says, Couldn't afford the Benchmade, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he so, doesn't even own a Benchmade. <laughs> that's not true. It is too true. You've done that twice. I don't think I did. You, I, I swear. I know. I swear. So when I've been looking at for these knives or looking into these knives, I know somebody at church the other day, someone said that to you, that exact thing. Okay. I've heard you say it. I probably have. Two times. Yeah, I probably have. Because you probably thought it was funny. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, Well, it was. But there was somebody at church that said that. And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're pals, you know? And whoever yeah. said it at church, I mean, like, you know, you're, we were pals. You were fairly close with them, but I was like, dude, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like, it was funny. like uh, you know, samurai yeah, things yeah, or something. Exactly. Oh, couldn't <laughs> afford the bench, man. <laughs> couldn't afford the Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> People that say stuff like that look like. Uh, What's that guy in the Goonies? The deformed guy? <laughs> sloth. Look, <laughs> yeah, they, they look like sloth. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 like I don't know, man. I I still do it with trucks. You know? Oh yeah. Somebody pulls up in a Chevy or a Dodge or something. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the guy, the YouTube video of the guy who uh, is making fun of Ford owners? No. And he's like, I drive a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, it's too so good. good. Yeah, too good. Love it. Love it. Well, hey man, I don't know if you've had enough time to ponder to think on it. <laughs> I haven't been thinking about it at all. Oh, I think I got some. I think I got some. Well, that's good. What made your hair stand up even more than it already is? 
for those of you who yeah, obviously can't see. Is insane. I look like it's wild. Yeah, you look like a a wild banshee. I look like Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> what would Sheen say? What was Ultra Lord? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah. What put the Sheen in your life, man? I really don't have much to say this morning. Okay. What brought you some joy? Um. So I was gonna say something else, and I actually still want to talk about this with you mm-hmm. after I go through my thing. But uh, I'm inspired by what you said, ooh, and it made me think of ooh, and it just really came to me, man. It, yeah. it really did. I was like, you know what brought me a stupid amount of of joy this week mm-hmm. was I got a new tape measure. Yes. And okay. It, okay. It, it is smooth mm-hmm. as butter, mm-hmm. and it's it has like. 13 feet of uh, rigidity, I guess. is Okay, yeah, so it won't right. break after. Now, really, it's only 11, you know, because <laughs> I tested, tested it out. Hours. But it says 13. But, I mean, 11 feet, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's pretty a intense. good ways. And, um, yeah, I had this, well, Allie. It was actually Allie's tape measure. I didn't even have my own. And it was this Stanley piece of junk. Mm-hmm. It does the job. It measures right. things, yep, but yep. barely. <laughs> And it's also auto-locking, which I hate. Uh, I really hate auto-locking tape measures. You know what? They don't work. They don't. They inch. They pull in inch by inch. Well, this, oh. I mean, this one, you know, it had like a lever on the back. Yeah. So it really did. It was pretty good for an auto-lock. Yeah. And for a Stanley, frankly. Um, hmm. Hmm. But, I, but I also hated it with, with everything, with everything in my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got this DeWalt. It was... You got a DeWalt? I got a DeWalt tape. Couldn't afford the Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is <laughs> is I was going to get the Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, but the reason I didn't was because mm-hmm. I sat there for like 15 minutes just taking them in and out. <laughs> both over and over. Okay? You can imagine the person next to me at Home Depot. This is... Yeah, this is what men do at Home Depot. Yeah, when... and he was like, wow, that guy's an idiot. But he was wearing a mask, so... Yeah, who's the real idiot? I was idiot? like, uh, I mean, <laughs> if you listen to Fauci uh, yeah, at this point, come on. So um, so the DeWalt, I'm assuming, didn't break uh, as soon as the Milwaukee did. No, it was. they were pretty comparable okay. in, in that regard. And also in smoothness, overall smoothness, mm-hmm. and ease of locking mm-hmm. and unlocking, mm-hmm. which was nice. The thing that I liked about the DeWalt was that it was half the price. Of the Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, and I legitimately could not find a reason mm-hmm. why the Milwaukee was double the price. The brand name. That's Well, part of it was that the DeWalt was on sale. <laughs> but, okay. But at the same time, even uh, even if it had not been on sale, it was mm-hmm. like $4 less. Which yeah. for a tape measure, that's like kind of, I mean, that's a lot. You know? Because yeah. you're not going to get like a $50 tape measure. Right. Unless you're an idiot. Um, unless you wear a mask. Yeah, unless like you're a sucker. So, anyway, I, I've i been just desperately looking for things to measure, even more so. <laughs> I mean, I've been measuring things. You know that old adage, measure twice, cut once? Yeah. <laughs> get, get your head out of the gutter. Let's, no, all, no, no, let's no. all get our heads out no, of the no, gutter. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> imagine. I just know what you're going to say now. Do you? It's you, we've already said it. I mean, you've already said you know the old adage: measure twice, cut once. Well, I'm I'm, a, I'm like measure four times. Yeah, cut once. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Allie's like, why is it taking you like ten times as long to? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, I got to measure. I got to measure. <laughs> your neighbor pulls in. Hey, can I measure your uh, your truck bed? <laughs> Is it really know, an eight foot? Do you, do you know the dimensions of that truck bed? <laughs> so my neighbors got a. They're like sweeping their porch. <laughs> You know how long that broom is? <laughs> I can tell you. No, it's uh, most of my life I've been really bad at adhering to that wonderful advice of measuring twice and cutting once. Yeah. So I end up, you know, measuring once, cutting once wrong, and then <laughs> right. redoing all of it. Right. Uh, but now, oh, man, no more. I'm over-measuring, if anything. <laughs> I'll measure anything. I don't care what it is. This would be an excellent ad for DeWalt. Yeah, well... They are sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> it's true. That's true. I also... I have just, my DeWalt uh, undies on right now. So Yeah, I got my DeWalt socks. Yeah. I also got a uh, combination square, which... Have you ever seen one of those? Uh, yes. Yeah, and... It's that, a DeWalt? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know what brand it is. I can't remember the name, mm. but... Anyway, that's been awesome, too. But really, it's the tape measure that's got me stoked. Yeah, man. Having... Having quality tools, um, mm. man, wonderful, wonderful. There's nothing like a smooth tape measure. Yeah, yeah, or one that just it one just works, just works well, and it has the um, it has huge numbers for each inch, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, but then it also has all the eighth inch measurements mm-hmm. ticked out as well. Nice. So it goes up to sixteenths, mm-hmm. but it has the eighths labeled, right. which is nice because sometimes when you're in like the throes of passion measuring things, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and you're like at a weird angle or whatever, mm-hmm. it can be hard to be like, oh, that's is that five eighths or is that seven right. eighths? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that really is cool. Nice. That is really cool. I uh, yeah, man, tape measures are cool. I bought a new tape measure after having recently bought a, a, a other tape measure. That was also like one of those self-locking ones or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was like something from Lowe's or something. I don't know. Like whatever their brand is. And dude, like it just would not. It would not auto-lock. The, the whole auto-lock deal is a sham. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sham. I was like, why is this keep going in? This you guy's know? a phony. And um, so, I, yeah, I threw that away and mm. went to Home Depot and bought a Milwaukee because it was on sale. So nice, dude. Yeah, ah, love them. Just, just any, just something that works. You know. You know what Milwaukee makes that is absolute garbage? What razor knives? Really? Yeah. Yeah, they suck because they. It's like a removable blade thing. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Horrible execution. Are you talking about the ones that are sort of like a pocket knife? Like yes. they, really, yes. yeah, yeah. Not the ones that are like. Not the classic box yeah. cutter. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I'd rather have that. Right. <laughs> huh. Um, anyway. Milwaukee needs to up their game in that regard. Everything else they make is like gold. I think if you were to type into Google best bang for your buck power tools, DeWalt would be there. I guarantee it would. Let's try it. Or it's going to be, what's that one? Um, what's the bright like chartreuse green? Ryobi? Yeah. Nah, Ryobi's not that good though. I agree, but I think it might be on that list that you Google. It's budget, but it's not bang for your buck, you know? Yeah, there's I know. A, a I know that, but wow, Milwaukee was the first thing that came up. But <laughs> yeah, that's a which lie. is a lie. <laughs> hey, do you want to want to drill for five hundred dollars? I mean, at least it didn't bring up Makita. I like Makita. I do too, but they're also really expensive. oh yeah, well yeah. Um, the first 
like article is of course DeWalt has DeWalt yeah. as the as the best bank for your bank, which I would agree with. I would definitely would agree with. I love pretty much everything that I have in my garage is DeWalt. Yeah, and um, it, everything is excellent. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, well that's fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Should we take a quick break? Brake. Brake. Yeah. Let's do it. Ready, steady, break. Are you concerned about the impotent, relativistic, weak old chowder the pagan world is feeding you and your family? Do you want to train your kids to submit in every facet of life to the Lordship of Christ? Do you want your kids to be equipped with the mind and fighting spirit needed to set sail for Eden and make disciples of all the nations on the way? Then you need classic Christian education. Here in Ogden, Utah, Foot soldiers of the kingdom are being educated to be boys and girls, future men and women, who are intelligent and wise, ready to love God with all their minds for all their days at St. Brendan's Classical Christian Academy, offering kindergarten through 12th grade levels of education to servants of Christ in the new Christendom. Check out St. Brendan's Classical Christian Academy and start training your kids in obedience to God. Ahoy and chop chop. And we're back. To the podcast, baby. It's okay. You can stop crying now. We're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, man. Yeah, dude. You got some news for me? Uh, news? News? Yeah, I th- I've got the ridiculous news this week. Um, oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. Keep your hands, arms, feet, legs, whatever, inside the vehicle. Inside the vehicle. Um, so this article uh, was found on Not the Bee. That's who I found it through, obviously. Classic. But I went to the article directly because uh, it was necessary. Oh, oh boy! So this article is by a woman named Nell Frizzle. She's a journalist. Um, great name. Yeah, great, great name. Questionable person, like Miss. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Miss Frizzle from. Yeah, yeah. All right, so article titled, uh, Is Having a Baby in 2021 Pure Environmental Vandalism? <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I could just read the headline alone and, you know, just leave you with that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a little bit out of the article. Oh, I'm going to read a lot out of the article. Let's do it. And then I'm going to skip through some sections and then go to, uh, well, what she ended up doing, which might surprise you. Is having a child an act of environmental vandalism or an investment in the future? Is it possible to live an ecologically responsible life while adding yet another person to our overstretched planet? Can I get away with it if I just never learn to drive, never get a dog, and keep wearing the same three pairs of jeans for the rest of my life? For the scientifically engaged person, there are a few questions more troubling when looking at the current climate emergency than that of having a baby. Whether your body throbs, uh, wrong. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> first, first red flag. If if you didn't catch it in the in the title, was scientifically engaged yeah, that's person. Like, that's like really bad science. Actually, <laughs> uh, this this is just really funny. Whether your body throbs to reproduce. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you passively believe that it is on the cards for you one day, or. You actively seek to remain child-free. The declining health of the planet cannot help but factor into your thinking. Well, I had a baby 10 months ago, and that did not factor into my thinking at all. I haven't thought about it once. Uh, before I got pregnant, I worried fervishly about the ma- 
about the strain on the Earth's resources that another Western child would add. Oh, no. <laughs> Your baby's so racist. The food he ate, the nappies he wore, the electricity he would use. Before he'd even started sitting up, my child would have already contributed far more to climate change than his counterpart in, say, South Sudan. Racist. But I also worried about the sort of world that I would bring my child into, where we have perhaps just another 60 harvests left before our overworked soil gives out and we are running out of fresh water. Science. Could I really have a baby, knowing that by the time that he was my father's age, he may be living on a dry and barren earth? So picture like Interstellar in the end. Or or like Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. Really any dystopian type. Because that lady would, would be more akin to Mad Max. She just went to the theater to see Mad Max, and she's like, she this, is, like this is my, my kid's future. My, my baby's going to be uh My baby's going to be Morton Joe. He's going to be shouting, uh, uh, what are, I don't even know what they shout, for Valor, Valar, whatever. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Witness. They say witness, right? Do they say witness? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they, they have to witness. Kamikaze. They have to be witnessed committing suicide in order to go to Valhalla. Valhalla, that's what it is, yeah. yeah. Okay, my bad, might be. Anyway. <laughs> While gestating my son, and probably every day since, I have wondered whether having children is and in itself an ecologically sound or unsound decision. Well, spoiler, like so much in this life, it's not simple binary. <laughs> Scientifically sound, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the question of resources is more realistically one of consumption rather than population. Okay? Okay. Okay. So she goes on to say about the super rich contributing the most to climate change um, in recent years. She really relates like, that back uh, to like rich countries, though, and not like the top like five corporations in the world. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, okay. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh yeah, and here's where it gets more fun with the scientific. You know, can I just say like real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor kid, man, dude. I feel so bad for that kid. Seriously, what a bad mom. I would have been asking different questions if I was her. Should I have a kid? <laughs> Because of my, I'm having really stupid thoughts. Should I have a kid? I'm like real dumb. Should I have a kid? Uh, you don't have to look into the future or to other continents to see that the world as it is organized now is dangerous for children, according to the World Health Organization. So you could just stop there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Discredited. Anywho, do, 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 do. And yet, so this is just goes on to say, and yet, like millions of others, I did it anyway. I had a so baby. Selfish. I'd have another if my partner agreed. Is oh. that because I am selfish? Yes. Or greedy? Did Racist. I simply learn to compartmentalize my thinking, choose to listen to the arguments that supported what I wanted to do anyway, or ignore what was right in front of my face? Oh, yes, all those things. Perhaps. But I also believe that when it comes to the future health of the planet, the question is not whether or not we continue to have babies. People will always have babies, here, there, and everywhere. Instead, it is a question of how we raise those babies, of learning to live within our environmental means, of turning away from the fever of con consumerism and overturning a political system that rewards a tiny rich minority at the expense of everyone else. As someone who is attempting to raise a child with an awareness of ecological inequality, who tries to <clears throat> yikes, uh, saturate his human desires with human interaction rather than material consumption, who helps him appreciate the natural world, I hope that my son might contribute to future humanity rather than destroy it. No pressure, babe. Yeah, I mean... Oh. 
Okay. <sighs> so she's asking some. <laughs> must be exhausting. Well, yeah, right. Those are some misplaced uh, principles and their questions that she's asking. Right. Um, towards the end, though, I started to get a little bit of hope. Yeah. Because she was like, I did it anyway. There's some. And re- I'm like, oh, yeah. And then she talks about raising the kid to like be, to be ecologically better. sound or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I agree with that to a point. Sure. Um, not necessarily sure, where you're st- sitting at and your yeah. point of view is. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So there's some hope there. There's some hope there. Yeah. There is there is some Christ shining through there. There's some Christian worldview. Some common grace for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, big time. But then I got to wondering about uh, old Nell Frizzle and what other articles she have has written <laughs> and whether or not she's a progressive Christian or an atheist or whatever, a Buddhist, probably an Enneagram believer. She definitely is a like an, an Enneagram or I wanted to know her view on abortion. She's too. a two wing seven because she talks about having children being uh, what an ecological Does, choice or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so she here's an article that she wrote in 2018 uh, titled "Being Pregnant Only Made Me More Pro-Choice." So that last bit in the <laughs> Dang. in the vandalism article the ecological vandalism uh, that last paragraph gave me a little bit of hope for and then i saw this and i was like yeah i have no hope darn (laughs) she's just she's just stupid um yeah and it's the classic straw man arguments throughout that article with why abortion is good and right so having a baby ben do you think having a baby is ecological vandalism uh no opposite really yes hmm so, all right, I wanna I wanna like come clean about something here. Uh oh. All right, when I was, I think, I think Allie and I were engaged. I don't think we were married yet. We were coming to terms with the fact that we selfishly didn't want to have kids. Yep. You know, ever, and we were grossly misled by some. Um, by some pastors in our lives that said that it would be okay if we were perfectly able-bodied and fertile mm. and and willingly did not have kids. Was that Nell's pastors? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, um it was just it was not it was very bad advice. Yeah. Frankly. Very bad counsel. Yep. And it led us down a path of just rampant selfishness. Mm-hmm. And uh it made obedience just much harder for us yeah in the end but now it's great anyway one of the like lame straw man excuses i gave mm-hmm. was well it's just it's so bad for the environment like the world can't sustain more population <laughs> it's that is such a bogus argument mm-hmm. um one of the my brother-in-law is one of the most intelligent people that i know um he's very smart yeah um and He's he's also he's he's also not a Christian, right? And so his, I don't know. He's kind of a, an enigma. Like sometimes I'm like, uh, whatever. <laughs> he's just a very interesting guy. Yeah. Um, really enjoy him. And he was the one that was like, no, that's stupid. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And it, wow. And he's done enough research into like, like almost any scientific mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. To where he, what he says really does carry some weight mm-hmm. for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh and I was like really shocked to hear that the 
I, I think atheist. I don't I don't know if he would describe himself as yeah. atheist, okay. but I'm just going to say that because it's easy to see. Like my atheist brother-in-law mm-hmm. is the one who's calling out the stupidity of that argument. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a problem. Yeah. Because I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm supposed to be the one that says that humanity is not a disease. Right. You know, um, humanity is not a, a festering wart on, on creation. Yep. Humanity is the glory yep. of creation. So, you know, we repented of that <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's been great to see the fruits of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, Nell really was touching on a truth there yep. that having children is an investment in the future. Yep. It's the best 401k you could ever have. Yep. Well, well, raising children well is the best 401k you could ever have, mm-hmm. not just having them. And um, I also just want to, you know, maybe this is nitpicky, but I'm pretty sure she said something like the way the world's set up right now is so harmful to kids. Yep. That's just like patently untrue. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the best time for a child to be alive in the world. Highest highest chance of survivability. Yeah, I think there is definitely a romanticism of uh, pre-industrial revolution Right, and there should be, and there should be to I mean, a point, right? Yeah. There's a lot of really great lot things of great that we've stuff. thrown out the window, um, but there was also really a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you were in Chicago, the Chicago, what is it, the river that runs through there? Is it the Chicago River? I think is it the? It's not the Chicago River. Is it? This is gonna sound dumb. I've literally been on this river. Bear with me. Is it the Mississippi? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know no. where the Midwest is. Uh. Yeah, the whole like country is basically the Midwest. Like when you look at certain maps, it's yeah. dumb. Anyways, um, I- any major city, they were throwing like animal carcasses in the water. Oh yeah, dude, the water was really rampant bad. with disease, bacteria. You were gonna. I think the there's some scientific studies out there that show like just the cleans the cleanliness that we have now. That the hygiene. Yeah, yeah. The like they take away the advances of medicine. Yeah, and if you if just you, implemented that clean water, yeah. If you just have oh, water man, plumbing, your your chances of survivability to an old age skyrockets. So if if you even if you take away modern medicine, yep, um, that has really has given us a lot of yep. good things, a lot of bad things too. But mm-hmm. whatever. If you just have modern electricity, yeah, and modern plumbing, yeah, which I know a lot of the world still doesn't have that, sure. but a lot of the world does. Yep. And uh, you have skyrocket. Dude, could you imagine going to the farmer's market with your baby, pushing him around in the stroller, and somebody is, like, pouring out their bedpan from the fifth-story window? Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're in, so, like, Florida or something. Had <laughs> 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 a quick trip. <laughs> no, um, that's, a, that's an interesting article. And... I just wanted to read some verses here uh, that show that children are a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Psalm 127, probably one of the best um, passages here. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blesses the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gates. So, yeah, there's, I want to remind everybody too, 
when the was, whole be fruitful and multiply. There's something yeah, about that too. I don't. That's that's in the Bible somewhere. Um, when we say that kids are the best 401k you can possibly have, you need to understand we're not talking about we're talking biblically principled ideas of of inheritance and um, where primarily the inheritance is one of faith, because if you can pass down a robust inheritance of faith in Christian culture then that re- that truly will improve the world over time. Yep. Um, not just money. Obviously, you know, passing down wealth is great. But uh, Deuteronomy 6, I think it's Deuteronomy 6. Um, yes, yes, yes. Where it's talking about how you'll instruct your kids in the way of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, on the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And then when Paul is talking about bringing your kids up in the, uh, what is what are the words? The paideia. Yep. Of the Lord, um, the discipline and instruction, which there's there's way more weight to the word paideia. Is it Ephesians paideia? Yeah, it's, I think it's a... Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. And I'm pretty sure it's in Ephesians 5 um, or 4. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just uh, th- that's what we mean. That The goal as Christians is not to retire and play golf every day for 20 years and then die. Um, that's absolutely not the Christian mindset. Christian mindset is to disciple the nations and to uh, to teach to teach them all that Christ commands and to baptize them in in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when we say that children are the best four hundred one k, that's what we mean. If you can raise a child well in the discipline and instruction of God, teach him to delight in the promises of the Lord, to see God as his Father. You know, when he puts his faith in Christ or she, um, then over time you're going to see some measurable progress, and that's what we see today with modern medicine, uh, with plumbing, with electricity, education. Education. Um, um, these are all Christian ideas. Even even the American judicial system, yep. which is very flawed, <laughs> but the idea of being tried by your peers, mm-hmm. of hearing witnesses, of being considered innocent until proven guilty. Those are all Christian ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, freedom of speech. That's a Christian idea that, you know, like, and so we want to see more of that. We want to see that refined yeah, man. by biblical principles, working themselves out in the world by faithful men and women. Yeah. Uh, so Christian, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that obviously that for sure, that's all good and right. Yep. I agree with it. And if you don't, well, you know, maybe, reconsider some things but it's important to know that if you've got friends who are not christians or who are veering off into that more progressive christianity wing i don't know what you want apostasy um, yeah just heresy or if they have a view kind of like nell making these straw man uh arguments about you know i can't have kids because it's not going to be great for the world look at the world they're going to be raised in and you know so on so forth they, she knows in the end she had a baby anyways, and she said it. She, people are still – everyone's going to have babies. And she's just going to do it. And yeah. she'd have another one yeah. if she could convince her partner whoever to do it. So they know um, they know these truths. They just don't – They just don't know them. Okay. Like they know them. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's – that's such a great example of common grace. This Yeah, 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 yeah. Where mm-hmm. – she doesn't know why. Right. Okay, but she knows that kids are a blessing. Yep. But she doesn't know why. Um, the Christian can answer why. And, and her concerns are uh, really unfounded. Yeah. Um, 
They really yeah, might not be there. You know, but, but you'd the, expect that, right? I mean, right. Uh, she's she's being. But you can see it in the, the end world. too. Not only with her having deciding to have a child, but also wanting to raise her, raise him or her, whatever, with the awareness that that you know we have this mm-hmm. earth, this thing to take care of, to be good stewards of. Yeah, and some yeah, there's some sort of catechism there. Yeah, um, and the and the hope with it, with every catechism, mm-hmm. even if it's a bad one, the hope is always that it would improve the world. Yeah, right. Um, and so we can debate about what's the best catechism or not, but <clears throat> the truth is that we all understand that principle. Yeah, that, that it's it's baked into the universe. It's inherent, and it and it is not a survival mechanism brought about by billions of years of evolution. It it is far transcendent of, of that idea. Now, if it was purely uh, survivalism or survival of the fittest, passing down your genes or whatever, uh, dude, society would look so much different. Yeah, and we know that it's not that because a lot that's not happening anymore. Like, there are some like, savage people who are still out there, but we would all be these Neanderthal-type <laughs> just savages just looking to reproduce with everything that we could. Yeah. Well, it's just not that. There's this and like, we've also got this society now that really you could not reproduce and you would be okay uh physiologically speaking exactly right that's what i'm saying like we have this enlightenment now yeah. where people like nell mm-hmm. but they're even more committed to that kind of idea than she is yep and they'll literally i mean they will totally abstain yep. from having kids yep and it will be for those reasons right okay that just that means it's not a survival mechanism <laughs> yeah okay if it was <laughs> we would just do it impulsively right. yep. um yep and now I think it is for other creatures, for sure. But that's how God made them. Yeah. It's not because of billions of years of evolution. It's because yep. that's God's design. But he has made us different from the rest of creation. Right. And uh, and that includes our proclivity to procreate. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a good one. That was interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It had an interesting spin in the, in the end, too, there with what just her wanting to, to better, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really wasn't expecting that. What a great example. And I wasn't expecting her to have kids at all. Right. And then right, when she right. did, I was like, okay, this is kind of actually a little hopeful. And then she doubles down and is like, yeah, I would want another. Yeah. I would totally have another. Right. It's that's really encouraging. I mean, in a way. But she leaves it open-ended. I mean, she know, she says that she wants to, uh, you know, raise the child with a, a better awareness to take care of what we've got um, and to better the world, right? But she also leaves it open-ended and saying, I don't know why. I want another kid. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I do. Yeah. I just know I do. It, there, it, it's it, helpful. Really it does transcend, cool. transcend just reason and logic. Um, even though those are, yes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like obviously the, the paideia that she wants to bring this, her son mm-hmm. up in, mm-hmm. you know, I would say it's flawed. Absolutely. Um, but the fact that she recognizes that that has to happen mm-hmm. is really interesting. Such a good example. It was a breath of fresh air for sure. Um, she's probably, you know, left leading, a liberal. Uh, Great name, a bre- <laughs> she's got it was a breath of fresh air to see like some logic there, some some good reason, some. Well, no, some it's hope, a breath of some fresh air to see that, that, it's, that, that, that it's not good reason. Like using her rules. No, know, no, it's no, not no. Good yeah, logic. that's not good logic, and that's the hopeful thing that that she's. For somehow that was a wrong she's thing recognizing. I said. <laughs> no, I know what you're trying to say though, but like. Um, She's recognizing that there's something transcendent here. That, yes, that's not just logic and reason. And so, uh, yeah, and and 
right now I think a lot of the or the loud left anyways what you hear all the time has been comfortable in just giving up in the end and saying you're right I don't know we don't know there's yeah. no way that we can know yeah and we're like dude we can yeah I mean we can't but the beauty of the, of the Christian worldview is that in a way they're right we can't know comprehensively um, now we would we would say that and philosophers would say I think some that are worth their weight would say that uh, in order for there to be objective truth in the in the universe, there has to be comprehensive knowledge somewhere. There has to be a comprehensive omniscience, and um, either everyone has to have it, or uh, somebody has to have it, and they share it. Yeah. Okay. So the Christian would say we don't have, and we can't have mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Even in glory, the Christian says we can't have comprehensive knowledge mm-hmm. of God and of and of his workings um, because that, that we're not on the same level as him he's yeah. he's so holy but there does exist comprehensive omniscience and that is god yeah. um and so therefore objective truth can exist in the universe the, and based off that fact alone in asking these questions of why it's good to ask these questions of why yeah say, i don't know why is that yeah. Down to the fundamentals, right? What we were saying the last episode or something, talking about like why is the sky blue? Yeah, <laughs> trying to search out these things in life because they're meant to be searched out. Yeah, yeah. It's a glory. I think it's in Proverbs or something. Yep. It's like a glory of kings to search out the mysteries of God yeah. in in the world. Yeah, and that's truly wonderful. Yeah, and it's a gift, and it's also a gift that because we know that we'll never know everything, mm-hmm. those mysteries will never run out. So oh, we yeah. get to keep pursuing yep. them and keep looking for them for as long as God uh-huh. lets history go on. You know what? I think it's really, that just made me think of something. Uh, I think you could be laying in bed at night and just thinking about outer space and then being just like blown away. Like, dude, we have, we have no idea. Yeah. Like no that clue. is so vast. <laughs> that is nuts. But what gets me even more is something like, what is it? Like, I don't even know. It's a really low percentage of the the earth's ocean that's actually been, explored yeah you know and that sort of freaks me out a little bit it's scary i'm like what the heck like we're trying to go to space and we haven't even been like (laughs) some places yeah we don't even have a comprehensive knowledge of where we live it's just so funny that's like even more scary when you realize that in scripture the the sea is spoken of as mostly a place of dread yeah and not not really a place that's great right it's like scary um and it yeah. symbolizes like despair a lot of times. And anyway, that's like Mariana so Trench. All right, dude. So uh, you got some good news. Yeah. So I'm gonna like fly through this because I have to ask you a question. Okay. All right. But it's funny, mm-hmm. mostly for the headline and subtitle. <laughs> Florida already win. Florida woman survives being hit by flying turtle. <laughs> the, the subtitle is, "I swear this lady has the worst luck of anything," says the woman's daughter. To the nine one one operator, <laughs> <laughs> it's not unusual for rocks and other debris to crash through windshields and injure a driver or passenger. But a turtle, a seventy one year old woman, riding with her daughter on I ninety five, suffered a gashed forehead Wednesday when a turtle smashed through the windshield of the car, striking her. What the world? The daughter pulled over. And got help from other motorists. According to a 911 recording, both were surprised by what they found. There's a turtle in there. The man can be overheard saying, A turtle? An actual turtle? 
can't you just like hear yeah, a, yeah. like a granddaughter? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she bled a lot. The gash drew a lot of blood. And then the lady said, um, this lady has the worst luck. However, the turtle has the best luck. It had just a few scratches on its shell and was released back into the nearby woods, Port Orange police officer Andre Fleming said. And that's it. <laughs> what? So first of all, that 71-year-old woman is like such a beast. Gets hit in the face by a turtle and just like brushes it off. Yeah. <laughs> and then that turtle, man, what a what a champ. Not for hitting the old lady. For, <laughs> for not For making dying. it through the windshield and not dying, yeah. Yeah. I guess turtle shells are like pretty tough. I don't know. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, that's that's really it. Okay, moving on. What was the question you wanted to ask? Okay, so this morning I was reading in First Corinthians, and what? Why are you looking like that? I just. What is that? Okay. Does this relate back to the turtle? No, not at all. Oh, okay. This You're is a whole okay. separate. This I is was whole, like, <laughs> what? This is a whole separate thing. <laughs> okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. I'm following. Sorry. I'm following. You're reading First Corinthians. Yeah, so I was reading First Corinthians. Corinthians. First Corinthians 11, everyone's favorite uh, (laughs) offensive passage in Scripture, where it talks about head coverings for Uh, women in the church, Uh um, specifically wives. Yep. And okay, so Allie doesn't know this, but I want to have a conversation with her about that whole topic. Yep. Okay, because I have heard. Good arguments mm-hmm. saying that the head coverings refer to hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard good arguments saying that it refers to an actual like cloth mm-hmm. covering. But the thing that I wanted to really like hash out with you and see if you've thought of is some of the language that Paul uses when he's talking about why the head coverings are important. Um, is this one eleven? You said yes. Yeah. First Corinthians one eleven. So so. He says, now I commend you uh, because Mm -hmm. you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Okay. We're tracking. Yep. Then he says, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. Okay. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short, which that's where I start to get lost. <laughs> I'm at least tracking with like what he's saying. I, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, uh, but since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. Okay. This is, this is the thing that I'm confused about. So it says that every, uh, the head of every wife is, is the husband the head of the husband is Christ, so we're all under authority. Um, and then it says, if the husband prays with his head covered, it's dishonoring. So that tells me that it's not hair, because that would mean every man has to be bald. If we're talking about head coverings just being hair. Okay, yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Like why I would say that? Yep. Or why I would think that? Okay. Then um, he talks about. If the wife is praying with her head uncovered, she dishonors her head. And I and I and I started to think, um, okay, maybe there's just something more here about symbolizing reverence to God. Yeah. Because in verse seven, 
He says, for a man ought not to cover his head mm-hmm. since he's the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. Mm-hmm. For a man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man as a, as a helper. That's why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Okay. <laughs> That's where I really what? get lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, what he, and I could be, I mean, you know, people have written books on, yeah. on, on this. Yep. Um, I think maybe what he's trying to get across is because women are the glory of man, woman is like the epitome of creation in a way. You know, it, it's because man is the epitome of creation and woman is our glory. Like they're the best that we got mm-hmm. in terms of beauty. Yep. You know, just sheer beauty. Yep. Um, and so having the woman have her head covered where it says later in the in the chapter that the hair of a woman is her glory. Yep. Okay, so that so if woman is the Which glory Which is from of, Proverbs, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So if woman is the glory of man, yeah. and a hair is her glory, that means that a woman's hair is like one of the most glorious things mm-hmm. in creation. Um and so I I'm leaning towards now that it ought to be or he's talking about a legitimately like a legitimate cloth covering, not just hair. And the reason it's to be covered is because we're coming before the God of the universe and we're saying that he is the most glorious thing. And so we should, out of reverence to him, cover our most glorious okay. yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where my head's going. Like it, it's a symbol of reverence, not so much to the husband. Right. Like it, Paul, the language here is not talking about a woman should cover her head because her husband, um, will be dishonored. He's saying that, that it would dishonor God, you know, to, to pray uncovered. And so that tells me that like it's. Yeah. But he also says that because man is the head of woman. Yeah. But he's, he's using that as like, I, I, well, I think that obviously that's true, but he's using that in the chain of saying man is the head of woman. Christ is head of man. God is head of Christ. Right. Um, Showing like the hierarchy yep, of yep yep, but but you remember like man is the head of woman, but woman is the glory of man, which is why we're supposed to protect and provide, and so our most glorious thing ought to be covered out of reverence for God when we come before Him in corporate worship. Like that's kind of where my head's going with it now. I used to just be like, oh, it's hair, and uh, and so we're good. As in hair's the covering. Yeah, hair's the yeah. covering. But now I'm a little bit less certain. And then... Yeah, and then if you go down to... Uh-huh. What is it? 13, verse 13. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory? For her hair is given to her for a covering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. Yeah. So her hair is a covering. So should Kevin Griffin get a haircut? <laughs> well, people have told him to. <laughs> um, it's given to her for a covering. Yeah. Yeah. That's where. And then if anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice. I think he's, ta- <laughs> I think he's talking there about, about praying uncovered. I'm pretty sure he's, he's saying... If anyone has any contention, we have no such practice um, to pray uncovered. 
because he says, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? That's like supposed to be an obvious yes, I think. But maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, yeah. This is something that I have wondered, and Morgan and I have scratched on a little bit, um, but we haven't talked in detail, and I have wanted to talk to her about it. Yeah. Um, and just dig deeper into it. Yeah. Because there are some women in our church who wear head coverings on on Sunday. Yeah, most don't. Most don't. Um, and it's not like we're not coming into like a, a mosque. It's not like that yeah, kind of it, thing, yeah, right? This is one of those but things it's that really, um, is held more loosely because... Yeah, it's a secondary. Because it's hard to tell if he's talking about hair or... Now... It's really hard to tell if he's talking about hair because then it goes on down to say that... Uh-huh. You know, the hair's the cover. The hair's the cover. Right, right, right. So... I read. I get what you're getting at with the covering, like our most glorious thing like in reverence. Yeah. Because he, the whole like it when I read that this morning and when I read it now, the thing that I'm that's getting across to me is that God is very glorious, and so we ought to do everything we can not to dishonor Him when we come I'm before Him. To think, and is there anything in any other examples in Scripture specifically about covering our most what we would consider on earth our most glorious thing when we are approaching the throne of God. I mean other than idolatry. Like we bow our heads to pray. Think think though like the reason that I'm leaning this way is because it almost has a a, a like a a tone of caution or something. Like he gives a lot of space to this. He yeah. could just say yeah. women should pray with their head covered. Sure. Like no, you know. Right. Um but but he's giving this a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. And so it's making me wonder um, if it's almost like a cautionary word against mm-hmm. idolatrousness mm-hmm. in that you're like maybe sometimes ignorantly right. dishonoring God right. by uncovering the woman's head. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, because you see, I, dude, I don't know. I think another <laughs> aspect though, and I don't know that this necessarily holds water. Uh, there are there are going to be people who talk about the culture and the culture to which Paul was speaking to. Yeah, because I mean, we've got men who've got long hair, and right, it is not viewed in our culture, nor is it viewed by you know, me personally. And not that my personal views matter at all right. in light of scripture or apart from scripture. Um, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but it's not. It's not like I see a man with long hair and think, oh, that guy's effeminate. Right, right, right. It's not a disgrace. Yeah. You know? Or same with a woman who's got, like, shorter, shorter hair. hair. It's not a disgrace. If, she's, if she is a womanly woman. Yeah, exactly. And if the guy is being a man. So, I uh, I don't know. Like, I... I but, but you also don't want to... You don't want to use that as a cop-out to say... No, the, yeah, exactly. It's not worthy of instruction right. for... Because the thing... The reason that I get so... First of all, I think that talking about stuff like this is really fun. Yeah. And I'm grateful because Allie thinks it's really fun too. Uh-huh. Like she's more than willing to. Yeah. And we're both, you know, we try to adopt that intellectual humility. Right. Where we're like, if we're convicted that this is what God's saying, yep. then like she'll wear a head covering. Right. Because we don't want to, mm-hmm. like it's so easy, you know, mm-hmm. she'll just wear a head covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be because we, our conscience is saying that that's what God wants us to do. Yeah. Now, the part of the reason that I got hung up on it this morning was a just because I read it and so I was thinking about it. But um, I realized that a lot of the women in the church that wear head coverings yeah. 
are married to men that I really respect. Yeah. As men of God. Right. And I, I mean, of course I respect them too as women. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're like, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, they're no, really sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Like their value, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to defend it. Like yeah. it's, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, specifically like their husbands that I want to be like, right. or their fathers that I want to yep. be more like, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, okay, is there something here that, right. That maybe they're able to discern this a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. better or, yeah. or maybe they're also just trying to be intellectually yeah. humble yeah. and saying, I'm not going to sin against my conscience. Right. And when I read this, right. I think that my wife should wear a covering. Right. She's, in corporate worship. Yep. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I should talk to one of them about it. Or just talk to Allie and see kind of what she's thinking. Now, I, I read uh, Masculine Christianity by uh-huh. Zach Garris. Great book. And he has a whole section dedicated to the Oh, is this really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. His conclusion, if I'm remembering right, sorry if I'm not. Pretty sure he's Yeah, Zach, I'm sure you're listening to this. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> he doesn't listen. I'm pretty sure his conclusion was that it it could be taken as hair, and you yeah. can easily defend yeah. it being like yeah. it's a woman's hair, right? And so there's like a level of um, <laughs> I don't want to say plausible deniability, but where we don't know for sure, and so the goal is to be submissive to what Scripture says, yeah. And if your conscience is convinced, right? If your conscience that has the Holy Spirit dwelling in it, mm-hmm. okay is convinced that it's hair, mm-hmm. then you're okay. If your conscience that has the Holy Spirit dwelling in it is convinced it's a head covering, right. then wear a head covering. Right. Um, anyway, I just I wanted to hear if you'd thought about it at all. And where... Because uh, uh, I was just... Like, I think where I'm thinking now, maybe a little bit uh, with what you said with in regards to covering the glory, right? And reverence. Mm-hmm. But then Paul says... Or she could cut her hair, and then it would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I don't know. Right, 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 right. I, but a woman cutting her hair would be a disgrace. Right. Like you know, cutting off all her yeah, hair. Yeah. Would be he's saying a disgrace. Uh-huh. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's really yeah. I don't know. And there has to be some cultural influence because I'm sure there's some cultural influence because a lot of what the the Pauline right the, the yeah Pauline like he's, he's he's writing to Greeks here yep and like there's a lot of people's mm. hair that like doesn't lend itself to being grown out super long you yeah. know a lot so I don't I just think it's really interesting it is it is interesting it is yeah anyway I'm probably gonna I'm, I want to like talk to Allie about it today but just wanted to hear if you'd you and Morgan have hashed it out at all, or no, not thought about in, it much? not in depth. But we have talked, we have questioned it, and then, then it's just kind of like petered out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I think it's okay. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like a no. break kind of thing. It's here. not a closed-handed deal. It's just because there know. is like plenty of room to interpret it, not totally openly, but like one of two ways, right? You know, and you could defend both of them. Mm-hmm. You can't just. I don't mean you can interpret everything that way. Right. <laughs> this is one of those cases where there yep. are two views that like both of them do make sense. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the whole like two chapters before is all about looking after your brother's conscience mm-hmm. and not 
Because he says that if you were to eat something or drink something that causes your brother to stumble, you're actually sinning against Christ. Yeah. Um, which is pretty big. Yeah. I think that like, I certainly miss that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this idea of like not binding someone else's conscience. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see this in a way where maybe the reader, as long as the reader is like really approaching scripture mm-hmm. under its authority, mm-hmm. recognizing it's God's inerrant word mm-hmm. and we ought to bend the knee to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever your conscience would say yeah, is you hopefully can just trust the Holy spirit that you won't be sinning against God. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. You got the final word? I have the final word. Yeah. Uh, let's just jump into it. It's yeah. from Romans 15. I'm going to be reading eight through 13. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order to, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let him and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Go forth, crush serpents with a smile, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.